Welcome, everybody, to I hope our luckiest podcast yet. It is episode 13 of the Teacher Squad podcast. So, what have we got coming up, Jane? (laughs) Well, we have got the most amazing, fabulous, articulate, so excited uh, about this guest. Absolute fanfare. Can't not wait. <laughs> uh, me too. I wonder who it could be. I'm sure it's going to be sensational. Uh, I think there might be a few shout outs to top listeners or listener uh, in this podcast episode. Oh, yeah. I wonder who it is. Is it you? And uh, I'm going to be talking about three girls in Liverpool who have been taking action. Mm, Can't wait to hear about that. And I'm going to go all Hansel and Gretel and follow a few breadcrumbs. Shall we get started? Yeah, brilliant. Let's get on with it. Jane, I've got one word to just get you in the mood. Oh, babe. Mercury. (laughs) Are you bringing that back? Oh, love that. Love that. Lots to be grateful for in the last episode, but what are you grateful for this week? Well, do you... Are you? Do you know what I'm on about when I say this? Um, I don't know if this is just when you're in a relationship, but uh, it's the half ten at night chat. You know, you know what I mean. Like if you if you're married or you know you've got a partner. Go on. And, well, the news has finished, and uh, the kids are in bed, and um, this is kind of like marriage in a nutshell. It's almost like. Oh, this is like our time and really you should go to bed and preserve your sleep. But you think, you know what, I'm going to start the late night conversation, you know. <laughs> and I think marriage is essentially, and if you're listening, you'll know which which half you are. Um, it is one person, and is this you? I don't know, who is bursting with ideas. You've got a tsunami of contemplations and considerations and you've got an overload of options and you want to share and you feel at half 10 at night this is your moment to share <laughs> with the most beloved person in your life and it cut and, and it sort of has the vibe of this yeah you see the thing is yeah uh, you see, the thing is, I think my mum is saying it's fine, but um, I know that she doesn't think it's fine. And uh, like, I know she's allowing us not to do that. But really, I think she'd like us all to make Chris Dingles and bring them round on Sunday. And the other person <laughs> is thinking, I just want to be unconscious, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know which one of those people I am. Oh, you, you're the... Uh, Oh, you and me are like then the uh, half ten chat tsunami nightmare person. Super intense. Ah, listen <laughs> to me now. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, but I am grateful. I've got a someone who, you know, it, it puts up with that because that is that is hard to put up with, isn't it? You know, like you're like, what do you think? What do you think? What are you thinking now? And they're like, leave <laughs> me alone. I'm trying to de-escalate and go to bed in a minute. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Not I'm grateful for that. thinking something all the time, are they? They're just, yeah, like you say, just letting off steam. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What are you but grateful for? 
Well, I, as ever, Jane, I'm I'm grateful for lots of things. Um, I did notice that uh, Susie Dent shared our nice word, Herkel Durkle, after I'd uh, shared it on here. So I'm not sure whether she's noticed that she's on your list. And um, Well, I haven't started with her this week. She's trying to impress you, Jane. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, if she wants to flirt with me, she can. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't mind. I, yeah. Well, with the with the Hercule Durkle in mind, I'm, uh, I was I thought I would be in dead clever and come up with a new word. You know, when you don't want to get out of bed and you think, well, I could just do a bit of emailing, a bit of admin in bed on my phone. And I thought, bedmin. It's a new word. I'm doing bedmin. And then that googled it and realised it's already out there. Somebody, it's it's out there. So, so I hadn't discovered that. So, what I'm what I'm genuinely grateful for is people listening. Have you seen lots of those posts this week? The wrapped up, round up oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, Spotify. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't listen on Spotify, so I haven't got one of those. But I was grateful for one of our lovely listeners. The lovely Amy sent me her screenshot saying, "We, me and you, Jane." We're her number one podcast. Oh, thanks, Amy. Thanks for the one listener out there. Big up, <laughs> Amy. Love you, yeah. Amy. Thanks for being there. Otherwise, it can feel really lonely. Hey, on that wrapped up thing, my number one person was Rogine Murphy. I don't know if you know Rogine. She, uh, she's kind of electronic and music, and she's uh, she loves a she loves an outfit change and a very oh. kind of side-wearing enormous hat. Uh, but uh, as part of uh, my unwrapped, she came to thank me, just me, like no one else. Just you. It was just clearly you. just for you, Jane. <laughs> it's like this recorded clip. But, hey, I'm not like an expert on body language, but as she was thanking me, she had her arms folded as if to say, I'm being made to do this by my publicity agent. I really don't <laughs> want to be here. And thank you for making me your number one. I'm like, well, I'll, you can sod off with your fo folded arms, Rogine Murphy. If you don't mean it, don't say it, because I mean that I love Amy and you love Amy. And that's amazing. We do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm hoping we'll be number one for Amy next year, but... Yeah, she might not be number one for you next year. She might have uh, lost a listener there, mightn't she? Oh, Got to be genuine yeah. and authentic. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep it real. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, I've, I want to sum something up in a sentence, which is not as fun as um, having a fan. <laughs> Only fan. One fan. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many jokes there, Jane. Let it slide. Uh, <laughs> do you know Olivia Coleman? Yes, obviously. Not She's... personally, but yes. <laughs> uh, do you like Ed Sheeran? Yes um, or not? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not his biggest fan. He's not sent me a personal message, but, you know, quite like watching him when he's on, you know, the uh, Glastonbury set. Yeah. Well, I, I like these guys and um, I also like Kate Winslet because um, the sentence I want to sum up is this, food shame, glorious food shame. And Ooh. I want to talk about the Child Poverty Action Group and Olivia Coleman's got behind it, Ed Sheeran's got behind it, Kate Winslet has got behind it. You know, yeah. you've given us the data before. Heather, you know, 4.2 million children are suffering from poverty. And um, there's been a recent report 
that says 71% of educational professionals are increasingly spending time on poverty-related issues in school. And we know that this is a barrier to um, standard agenda and uh, success in life. And, um, you know, teachers having to deal with issues uh, like uh, dinner money debt, um, referring to specialist services because they're worried about children in poverty, uh, trying to navigate and help families with hardship grants, sourcing food bank vouchers and uh, supporting families with clothes and washing facilities. And I want to just, you know, who am I a fan of this week? Well, I'll tell you who. And it, And even though Ed Sheeran and Kate Winsler and Olivia Coleman are wonderful, who is more wonderful, I want to really big up these three children. Uh, these two, three children go to Monkstown Primary School in Liverpool. We've got <gasps> Mia Smith. Um, do you know Monkstown? I do. Yeah. A Liverpool girl. Go on. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Mia Smith, um, Helena uh, Pikerek and Nellie Wu, who have uh, galvanised and are at the forefront of a big project at that school to write to uh, Rishi Sunak and uh, tell him quite categorically because this supports what teachers want. The biggest thing that's going to reduce poverty is um, free school meals for everyone. And yeah. uh, they are at the forefront of this and uh, they've actually uh, written an extensive letter um you know, uh, and working in conjunctions with, um, you know, the National Education Union. And this is uh, some of their words. Our teachers always tell us to respectfully share our opinions and our thoughts. And that is what we have done because we've got something important to say. We have seen the power of our voices and we personally think no matter how big or small you are, we can all change the world for good. And um, their work around uh, free school meals for all, uh, we're going to put a link in the uh, show notes as well. But, you know, it's it's so critical that this is not a barrier to learning. And it's so disgusting uh, that we're here and that, you know, all children deserve to be well fed and no one should be trying to learn on an empty stomach. So, um, yeah, big up Monkstown Primary School, because when I heard about your work and your real reasons to write and your kind of your activist mode, you know, it, that's when you're you become really proud of um you know the, the future citizens of the world you know that they can see uh you know that their voice um can make a difference let's Absolutely. hope it makes a difference i mean let's hope it makes a difference uh, yeah i'm really touched by that jane i, I just think because it's about like you said the children being the whole citizen that we're thinking holistically about the whole child and them growing up to be adults who have got something important to say and feel like they can say it and articulate it um three scouse girls go ahead girls love yeah. it it was so good it's so good to hear about that and um you know all power to them and actually 
I don't really like Ed Sheeran, but I think I like him a little bit more uh, now <laughs> I hear he's back in that campaign. Fantastic. He's all right, he's all right isn't he? I've got, I hope Amy's not a massive Ed Sheeran fan and then I've lost. Oh, <laughs> oh can you imagine? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We'll have to, we'll have to ask her. Amy, because you're the one listening, do let us know. You know where we are. <laughs> and for anyone else who doesn't know where we are, it's Heather at the theteachersquadpodcast.com. Jane at the theteachersquadpodcast.com. We're always ready. The inbox is open. <laughs> And no emails this week, but Amy might send me one. You don't know. Come on, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens if you if you share with us that this podcast is your number one, then the whole episode becomes about you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe I need to think a bit bigger. Maybe we should have thought this through a bit more, Heather. I don't know if this is a good marketing strategy we've got on the go. <laughs> We we are we are genuine, we are personal and yeah, we yeah. love our listeners. Yeah. We love our squad. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh. So can you be pithy? Can you sum it up in a sentence, Heather? I can, but I think I'm just gonna share the breadcrumbs that have kind of led me to this thinking. Hopefully I will navigate my way through them because Last week we had Matt Goodfellow on and we were talking about the final year and I, I, I wonder whether it's touched you in some way that you've shared something about the kind of reality and real importance. And um, But what I liked is that you've touched on something that's really, really sad and really important to change, but actually that, that there's action um, happening and there's um, things that we could do to, to action that change. Um and I, I was thinking about something that's quite heartfelt too. Um, here's my breadcrumbs. There's a few different things. Let's see if we can get there. So we, I, did, I said I was going to get hold of a copy of the. Oh, God, I'm not oh there it is this on the screen. There we go. Snapper. The um, the John Lewis advert book, the perfect yeah. Christmas tree. So I was thinking about the John Lewis adverts that I really love. And do you remember that one? Was that the, the man? on the moon yeah. and um and he was a bit lonely yes. yeah so that that one's played on my mind a little bit and um there's been a few age concern adverts been popping up about um people being lonely when 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 i go for a a, a walk just around the corner with the uh, with the dog there's there's a, a gentleman an older gentleman who sits in his window and he's got this uh, a chair in the window and pretty much every time you go past and he's there he's sat with a book and it just it just makes me smile and think I, d I don't know that man's story I I don't know if he is a, 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 on his own but with his book he's he's not um and that that kind of was playing on my mind a little bit a few more breadcrumbs um I don't know whether you noticed uh, Vernon Kay doing on Radio Two doing his ultra ultra marathon um, to raise money for children in need. But the the thing that struck me was um, he had a phone call uh, while he was uh, doing the the run, um, and it was from a, a, a listener who had written in to him, and he said that this letter had really touched him. 
And the letter was from Barbara, uh, a lady who was on her own. And she'd written to him and said, thank you, Vernon, for bringing an old lady back into the sunshine. And it had really touched him that that he'd he'd connected with her and and brought some light into her life. Um, So I've been been thinking about loneliness and Mm. the people in our community um, that that may may be struggling from it and if you're struggling from loneliness it can not only affect your mental health but your physical health as well it can be as bad as smoking up 15 cigarettes a day in terms of impact on your physical health if you are lonely so i was thinking well, what 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 can we do? Is this? I I I personally think that as schools, we are at the heart of the community, and we shouldn't be in isolation. Our you know our connections should go out and go in, and there's an opportunity there for schools to make connection and make a difference in the community. So. You know, sometimes when people have the right words and they just get it right there and it can have that impact and provide that real comfort. And we know that reading uh, can have a a great impact on our own mental health. So I was thinking, here's my sentence. Hopefully it makes sense. Words plus time can equal comfort. And what I want to suggest is that if you've got a sheltered accommodation or a care home in your community, let's get our kids to go and go and read. And the connection that those people who might be feeling a little bit lonely and our pupils will get from that will be two ways and twofold, won't it? So it's a bit of a kind of thought. We can get bogged down with standards and expectations and inspecting visitors and all that kind of malarkey. And I get that. But as you kind of highlighted, the the child is a whole and they're a citizen to go out in the world. And if we can show them the power of connection and we can not just do random acts of kindness, but real intentional chosen acts of kindness, then we're really nurturing great people, aren't we? Mm. So kind of want want to just say, if you can, if you can, see if you can take your kids to go and read or write letters to some people in the community. yeah, and I, and I think sometimes teaching can be a lonely profession. We can be in our classrooms uh, bogged down with work. We might not have that much adult interaction, go home and do several hours of work and, and neglect our own social life. And it can be um, a lonely place sometimes. So if, if teachers are feeling lonely, um, you need to get talk to somebody talk to somebody and and let's look out for the signs in each other um i'm going to put in the show notes um something from education support that kind of talks about loneliness um and how we can talk about it with kids uh, but also how we can look out for it in our colleagues 
and where people might be able to find some some help um and if you do take some action and take your kids to go and sing carols or read uh, in the local community do let us know about that and know about uh, the impact that you're having Mm, yeah really really good um I, I like that you've brought a bit of maths into the podcast because we're normally quite <laughs> rubbish at that aren't we I like that we had a, a sum there that I can understand thank you for that um <laughs> words plus time equals comfort I'm gonna go we did we did equations then didn't we yeah I think so Blinking neck. Uh, I remember sending my two daughters who are now oh you know uh 24 and 21 next door uh to the old people's home to sing christmas carols and they just said mum it was really embarrassing because we only knew the first line from any song (laughs) (laughs) frosty the snowman (laughs) 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 rocking which yeah yeah so like if you're gonna do it please well do it a bit better than that i hope you know, have at least one good carol under your belt. Take a story, take a story, go and yeah. read. I think that's a lovely connection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But actually, it's like, uh, you know, that could be a really good national project. You know, instead of pen pals, like reading pals, you know, let's, you know, we've got a lot of... Um, aging people in the community who might feel lonely and they might need to be paired up as kind of reading partners and it'd be very soothing uh for kind of you know our children and people in the community to you know share words like that yeah absolutely lovely idea now jane last week we had um Matt Gluckfellow, an amazing yes. guest. We, yeah. We've had we've had some pretty good guests on the on this show, and I was thinking, how how do we keep following up? How, you know, it's it's hard acts to follow. Yes, but be be assured, uh, yes. today's guest fits the bill Ooh. and is exceptional. Well, I hope we've got party poppers and some <laughs> confetti. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Do you, want, do you want to know who today's guest is? Oh, I'd love to know. They best be good. A bit of a fanfare. Ba, ba, da, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> that is so <laughs> Well, teacher squadders, today's guest is, she needs no introduction, it's Jay Goddard. <laughs> so shocked so soft <laughs> i hope you're prepared well i might yeah I, I don't know i'm a bit like oh it's me mate heather it'll be fine but i probably am not as prepared as i should have been but let's give it a go we'll be all right we'll be fine we'll be fine well i've noticed uh that you've been talking lots on your socials about these exciting new reading unit plans. So I thought it best to put you on the guest schedule so everybody can find out a little bit more. So first question, I feel like we're on Mastermind now. It's exciting, (laughs) this. (laughs) No pressure. Uh, First question, Jane. Yeah. Why? Why have you created these new reading unit plans? Well, um, I think there has been a lot of um, science around phonics and you've heard me say that before. And I think in the UK, we've been well ahead in the world for sorting out uh, the early stages of teaching children to read. But uh, in terms of um, 
strong, good material for the primary ages about teaching comprehension. And um, once the Education Endowment Foundation uh, release their visual about, and if you don't know this as a, as a primary school teacher, you've got to get your mitts on this, the uh, reading house. Um, and we need children to be able to kind of you know, walk through the reading house and discover all the rooms and how they interconnect. Um, it felt very timely that um, teachers understand the science of it, you know, uh, you know, and but actually we need practical stuff to deliver it in the classroom. And really, that is my work, Heather, you know, mm-hmm. um, Something's got sound scientific principles. Um, you know, Nate, who we, um, Nathaniel, who um, was, um, he's done a massive kind of um, scientific study and, you know, a meta-analysis of all the things that make a difference, you know, are following the footsteps of the work of kind of Doug Lemov and uh, Christopher Such and all this kind of all of our thinking around reading at the moment, it's sort of all sort of this was kind of this cataclysmic, exciting sort of crash of all these thinkers about reading. But actually, you're busy as a teacher. You know, you've got a load on your plate. Um, what What is going to take you straight into the classroom and, and support you? So you're not spending, you know, reams of time on a Sunday trying to, you know, wash up after the Sunday dinner and get an argument in and, you know, try and be a good parent, (laughs) you know, uh, like, you know, let's have something very practical that like a wireframe, I suppose, that you can lift off, you know, you've got enough support there. It's not going to close you down, but enough that you can go, yeah, great. I've got that. I can grab that now and I can take it straight into whatever year I'm in. So that's, that's why they were created. Um, yeah, I like that because it's really important to from they're created from the teacher's shoes, aren't, aren't they? That's what I'm hearing. That it's understanding about the the time tight, um, yes. but teachers wanting to respond to the research and and um, and be teaching in in the ways that is going to be most impactful. Yeah. So if I was to get one of these uh, unit yeah. plans yeah what would I expect to find in it Jane how would I use it okay so we've got this extensive library essentially and uh you buy a subscription it comes in at about a pound a week I mean I think that's quite wow. good really what do you get for a pound a week I mean not even a coffee well how much is a Freddo they're not a pound yet are they we get two <laughs> Freddos maybe you can three. have one and a half Freddos <laughs> There's your maths. We just did some maths, even in your interview. Whoop, whoop. Oh, dear. So, yeah, I mean, and we all have a Freddo, don't we? So uh, for not a lot of money, you can uh, get your mitts on these. And um, whatever year you're teaching, you know, from year one all the way up to year six, uh, you get one of these plans and you've got kind of a week's worth of teaching. And... um, when you get these plans locked in them, you know, all the principles we know, like rereading texts, direct instruction, uh, finding um, the main idea. Um, in fact, uh, 
Ian's just mouthing to me here now who produces and directs <laughs> the podcast. It's actually 60p a week. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, it's just the one, Freddo. <laughs> you've, you've, you've lost half of Freddo now, Ian. <laughs> right, let's just drop the Freddos. <laughs> how how useful are your resources well i'd give them four out of five freddos <laughs> oh no it's five that's even cheaper 60p bring it back jane bring it back what else do i get in these oh. unit do, do i get this bubble above my head that you've been yes. telling me about for my yes. for my thinking about you know what, when i'm reading you get, heather you get two things actually you'll have me holding your hand even though I can't be there if you're a teacher, I'm going to be holding your hand and I'm I'm going to let you know that if you use these plans, you're going to be able to teach reading in such a way that you get to the heart of the matter. Uh, we all know kids have to read things. They've got to reread it, reread it. But once they've reread it, We've got to teach them how to kind of leech down, pull down the main idea. Like kids say, like some weird random stuff after reading. Like, <laughs> like what, what the hell are you saying that for? Like, and they think kids think like the weirdest stuff they say because teachers teachers are always doing this when kids read. They go, oh, miss, well, I think the thing is that, um, well, actually, um, it's got really good describing words. And then this means that maybe uh, they're going to go off to uh, a new woodland. And you're like, what the hell are you saying that for? Like kids. <laughs> and they, they say weird or weirder stuff. And the, the teacher's going, oh, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> like, stop saying I that. I hadn't kids. thought of it because it's not there. <laughs> Keep within the realms of possibility. <laughs> Please do that. Uh, so yeah, kids really do need to be taught about using their logical thinking brain. And yeah, you're right. We want them to read like a detective. We want them almost to be trained and we have to do this for them by damn good model comprehension. Like when you're reading something, your brain is kind of, you know, it's like, a, it, it, I mean, it's basically like a visual mind map. As you read, you go, oh, that's important. You know, like, oh, I'm writing that down and, and you know, like other in your brain, in your mind, that's important to hang on to that. And then you collect something else as you read or does that interconnect with it? So we can actually train kids almost like on a mind map model as you read, what should you draw down? And um, what's really useful for everybody is if you go to janeconstein.com, every year group has got a free plan. So as I'm chuntering here, and I'm even thinking, oh, I'm not even explaining these very well. You can download them for free. The year group, group that you teach. I didn't mean to say grope then. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with it. Stick with it. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and you can have a look at them. They're very kind of um, visual um, and uh as you look at them, you think, yeah, that is very concise, very explicit. And actually my teaching will improve because I, I can see that, I get that, and I can make it come to life. Uh, and there's an instruction video as well that you can, it's basically me. Um, more than you, I'm Jane. More, more than they want. <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, uh, just, ex do I... 
Yeah, me, me, me. Oh, dear. Uh, it's, it's all right, James. This is your moment. Uh, so, all in all, um, you know, we've got support there for English subject leaders where they need to be able to track have they covered the national curriculum, are they doing a good job of this? So, English subject leaders love them. And I would say they're, I mean, we're all we all know about the transformative nature of books. You know, we all know that this is the most important milestone in a child's life. Nobody's going to disagree with that. You know, that's, we all know that. And, and we know that their future learning and life depends on it. We know that as well. But actually, if you're an ECT or you might be a math specialist or ac- actually you just got a lot on your plate, <laughs> being able to say, I've got a wireframe it's very accessible and I know it's been built on good science principles. Um, and, you know, this this is what teachers need, isn't it? Like a bit, bit of a handhold and the bubble, the bubble where everything, you know, I, you've heard me rant on about this. We're so good at modelled writing, but we're not so good at modelled reading. And, and this uh, is going to get everyone there. In is there a difference in the structure? Say I, I've got a year one plan yeah. or a year six plan. Did, how is this? Is there some things that are similar across them, or are there are they different? Well, that's a good point, um, Heather. They um, they've got core principles that are the same. You know, we need kids if they're in year one to read like a detective, uh, as well as we need them to do that when they're in year six. And equally in year one, you know, they need to be able to uh, find the key ideas. But what we've done with the year one plans is we recognise that there's so much, you know, at that age, you know, between kind of five and six, there's so much kind of development that's happening with their sort of plastic reading brains that we've organised them into uh, kind of less dense plans that you start with going up to kind of more dense plans uh, and recognizing that in year one you might need to be a little bit more flexible about their readiness because yeah. uh, you know they need to have uh, a certain element of decoding under their belt before mm-hmm. we can you know move them through that sort of uh, a comprehension room and and thinking so yeah i think yeah. it's about that kind of teacher judgment but yeah we've got support behind the scenes for that you know they're in year 1 please have a look at our kind of starting with these plans first you know before yeah. you sort of um you know get to some that might be a little bit more challenging but you know you yeah. get a whole year's worth of planning uh and the other thing is it also uh works uh with uh the principles of book talk which is locked in my book hooked on books which is you know children need to talk deeply about books and um and uh, <laughs> i often say that Deep reading, you know, it's a bit like a marriage, really. Um, you know, you, you don't like it at first. You know, it goes on and on. You've got, you've got to invest in it. You've got to have a bit of commitment and stamina. And it can get complicated, you know, but the reward's down the line. But, you know, what, what we've got at the moment is lots of kids who are reading online. And, and yeah. that is... 
a bit more like an affair, I think. You know, it's very <laughs> visual. It's a bit of a, you know, a quick thrill. You get instant gratification. It's kind of dip in, dip out, you know, uh, very exciting. Uh, but actually what we're trying to do here, uh, and it locked in these plans we're trying to do this, is this kind of slower way of looking at yeah. words. Let's kind of slow it down a bit. You know. Yeah. So if 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 a teacher thought I'm I'm going to have a go, you know, yeah. they can go and check out the free plan. Yeah. What do they need in terms of text? Do they is are they um, written for them having a text in front of them, like a class yeah. set of these books, or are they written for just having one teacher copy? How does that work? So basically, um, because like a. Uh, a week's worth of teaching reading you'd have two days of kind of principles around um being able to deeply talk about books and um that would be an approach where you know one of the things you'd want them to do is you know in their i'm, I'm not really answering the question there but i'll get there in a minute it's like what <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that is there's principles about how we want kids to talk about books and and the schools would bring their resources. So if you wanted to do whole class teaching of reading, you could take a book talk approach. If you wanted to, and I really do promote this, um, you know, children to have differentiated sets. So it's at their level, you know, so that they can um, access text that is just at the edge of their thinking you know that that's really important and and in book talk it's also where we'd really promote um kind of high utility words not just uh you know wowsy words for the sake of it but words where they can um they're very versatile and have high leverage so that children can explain their thinking so we we want them to talk in a very kind of clear and deep way about how they're drawing down meaning. And that is kind of an approach that can mesh with whatever resources you want to use in school, you know, having kind of good authentic principles for teaching comprehension. Uh, Basically what you're trying to do there is getting them to talk comprehension answers without picking up a pencil or a pen. And we can really help them be good at that in talk Whereas the reading unit plans are are going to have text provided. We've sourced really good um, books, uh, nonfiction books, poems, stories um, that uh, we think are um, uh, diverse, real, relevant, like the cutting edge stuff that's um are really going to be powerful for ch- children to explore and um you know within that then and you and you're right heather you know the bubble comes into play there where you know i, I don't know if you know this uh but i'm actually uh, a failed picture book writer and um i've got three picture books uh bike boy this is this is like a blatant promotion i might get a, amy might buy one on the back of me saying this <laughs> Go on, we've only already said one. You've got bike boy. Yeah, computer dad and the last straw. And um, and, uh, what I'm saying there is um, one of the things we're trying to do 
with um, the bubble on top of your head that follows you around as a teacher is that, you know, um, this is a sentence from uh, The Last Straw. It's, uh, you know, a little girl's in hospital and she makes friends with a scarecrow when she's in the ward. And this, it's, this is a sentence from the book. Nurse Betty, who smelt nice and had candy floss hair, scooped Sophie back into bed and firmly tucked her in. So like your bubble is you as a teacher saying this sentence, I, what meaning am I going to draw down from it? So um, Nurse Betty, this sentence is about the nurse. Her name is Betty. She smelt nice. Hmm. Reader's question. Is she nice? Well, I don't know. When we read the twits last week, you know, Mr. Twit didn't smell nice and he wasn't nice. Oh, I wonder if it's the same here. She had candy floss hair. Ah, now if I'm using my reading brain and my life experience, I'm thinking about other women I know with candy floss hair. And I'm I'm visualising a big beehive of a pink, wispy hair, you know, a bit like, I don't know if Amy knows that. Are you being served, Mrs. Slocum? (laughs) (laughs) But it's that sort of thing. Um, And then like scoop Sophie back into bed. You know, scooped, well, it's, I think of ice cream being scooped. We've already had a bit of sweet language like candy floss. And this is making me think that Nurse Betty is sweet. She's got candy floss hair. She's scooping Sophie back into bed. But it says then, firmly tucked her in. Oh, there's a bit of a shift there. Firmly tucked her in. Yeah, it's like mm, a shift in tone. Like, Nurse Betty is sweet, but you can't wander around the ward. And just kind of slowing it down. So children have got a window to the reader's brain. We're trying to make thinking more visible so that when we put the big bubble above their heads, it's like, I want to see your reading brain thinking. That's the most important thing with comprehension, Um, you know, and high utility words like shift. You want to show kids, I use that word shift there because it illuminated my thinking. This is a really good high utility word to explain my thinking. So really, that's what the unit plans are about. Um, Very explicit kind of modelling reading comprehension. Brilliant. So if if teachers want to go and check them out or they're thinking, is there any training available? What should they do, Jane? Yeah, well, you can you can come and like Amy can come and (laughs) she can bring a friend. Uh, yeah, actually, we've got some training really soon, and um, and it's and the training is called Hooked on Books, and you get on the Hooked on Books training, you get uh, trained up on book talk, which you can take anywhere you want, you know, um, you know, for life, forever, you know, whatever school you work in, with whatever resources you've got, you know, that's the power of it. And you get trained on the reading unit plans. And uh, the next training day is on the 12th of December. Now that's quite soon. Um, And I don't think there's many places left, but there are a few. So you can book onto that. Uh, And that's in Northampton. 
so that's kind of quite middle of the country. Like we've got a teacher centre there, uh, which really people come and they just actually flop on sofas near our bookshelves. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like, good. Yeah, it's cute. Um, but actually, janeconstein.com, you can find out other dates for Hooked on Books training uh, and when they're coming up if you can't make the 12th of December. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks for being the guest, Jane. I think you did a good job there. Well done. Oh, thanks, miss. Can I have a sticker on my jumper? Uh, no, I don't believe in extrinsic uh, <laughs> motivation. <laughs> did you feel good inside? Well, Just notice, notice that. Take it with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, sorry about that. Just, uh, you, were, you were on such a high and I brought you down and that's not the kind of person I am. I was trying to be smart and funny. Sorry, Jane. I love oh. you lots. It was oh. great. No, that I like. I like that. Have a wash. Have a wash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're a good interviewer, Heather. You really like. We just had a bit of practice now. We've been going for a while. Yeah, yeah. Good. Love that. Had some good guests to try it out on. Should we do some wonder of words? Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Will you please read to me? Because I love this. It's like, it just gets me. People won't know what time we record this. I mean, it's five past nine at night. I mean, we are absolutely crazy because we're so blinking <laughs> busy and I probably have to drive to Essex in a minute. But uh, essentially, I love this and it's like a bedtime story for me. But please do not fall asleep at the wheel. That's all I'm going to say. If you listen in your car. This is true. This is true. I, I don't know whether it's getting harder to choose for this, you know, or easier, but there's there's so many options. So before I tell you what I'm actually going to read, I'm going to tell you my journey. As people are on their commute, this is the journey that I have taken this week on choosing my wonder of words for Jane and Amy. Um <laughs> Um, I I pondered reading you a little bit of festive poetry, um, Mm -hmm. but I thought we've done a lot of poetry, haven't we? I think we've been trumpeting about poetry. You can't say too much, can you? You can't say too too much, much. but, you know... (laughs) We got to we got to be diverse and you know show yes. everything that's out there. And then um, earlier this week, I uh, was out with a fantastic author that I hadn't met before. So it was mm. a nice privilege to meet not only an author but a polar explorer, Jane. Wow. Super cool. So um, Hugh Lewis-Jones. So we we were out trying to share this book here, Do Birds Poop in the Woods? I mean, Mm. what a title. And this is his latest one as well, Do Penguins Like the Cold? And this was one of our St. Austell Children's Literature Festival days, and we were trying to get round a 1,000 pupils. But... It snowed. It was a very snowy day. So some of the schools were closed, which is kind of funny when you're with an Arctic explorer, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) So, and also, Mm. we had snow, not right down in St. Ives, but up in St. Austell. Mm. Yeah. And um, just as words like to smile upon us one of the teachers at the schools that was closed guess what her name was this is this is genuine 
Whoa. Her name was Mrs. Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Mrs. Blizzard, for making um, Hugh and I a cup of tea. Um, and she also said to me, are you the actual Heather from Reading Rocks? Oh, that's cute. That well, Jane, cute. that really did make my day. So it's kind of on the snowy, snowy thoughts. I was yes. thinking, okay. And then I thought, oh, this one. Could it be this one? The Ice Children by M.G. Leonard. Look at that cover. I mean, Oh, it's look- gorgeous. Yeah. So- Go on, what were you going to say? I'm just saying, it's so, I, I love that um, glittery stuff they do on book covers. It just really does foil. that. Is, yeah, love the foil. Yeah. It's gorgeous. So it's illustrated by Penny Neville Lee. And I've been listening to Penny on Stephen Lenton's podcast. So it's it's um, it's an illustrator podcast, really, but it's wow. all children's picture book illustrators that he has on and has a chat about how they work and what they're working on it's nice stop sending um, amy to other podcasts heather (laughs) (laughs) she's got time she's got time for us she can uh she can you know have them all have it all but yes i I did think about reading that one and you've got to go and listen to that episode studio mate steve because i hope this doesn't happen to us uh, she had a. She went for a wee in the middle of the interview. <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, just... I mean, my bladder. Sometimes I've got to that age, you know, like when I need to go, I need to go. But I don't think I'd ever leave you in the lurch like that. Well, yeah, I did think yeah. that. You know, don't make me sneeze. Don't make me laugh too hard. It's. Uh... <laughs> Maybe the listeners might not know. Maybe we're having our own little wee breaks in the middle, and we yes. haven't even left the yes. studio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but you can get lady. this one. This this one, um, Ice Ice Children by M. G. Leonard. It's on Audible, and mm. it's a fully cast production with four D stuff. So it's got all sound, surround sound, and everything. Oh, wow! And so go and have a listen on there. That's better than me reading that. Um, me and but that's and nice daughter. for the classroom, though, isn't it? You know, that's actually oh, yeah. nice to kind of sometimes have a have a listen. And actually, the National Literacy Trust research about three years ago that's saying that like the the power of the audio book, you know, this is you know this is a kind of good immersion reading experiences. It's not going to provide everything that a reader needs, but it's part of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Christopher such before he posted a, a one of his amazing tweet threads yes. uh, question about that. Maybe we need a bit more research on it, but it did make me think about mm. listening along and reading together and, and, and yes. the benefits of that. But me and uh, my daughter uh, had had that audio book on in the car. Um, and I was thinking about you, Jane, because I don't know. Do you do you give your sat nav a name? No. Do you no. give your sat-nav a name? Well, yes, and, and this predates the podcast. This is, like, long-standing um, because do you remember when you first got sat-navs and you could kind of select which voice you wanted? Yeah. And, you know, and, well, we, we, we had Jane. So whenever it's telling me to go somewhere I don't want to, I kind of talk to the sat-nav and go, oh, Jane. Oh. oh. And <laughs> as we were driving and listening to the Ice Children and me and – you know, the mini reader rocker were quite captivated and it kept going, 
go past the next light and then take the next turning. And we were going, oh, Jane. <laughs> yeah. And did she cut over the actual uh, part of the narration, the storytelling? Well, it, it's it clever. Out. It's clever because it kind of pauses it and picks up, but it can, you know, it can be a really crucial moment yeah. in the story. And, you yeah. know, so, um, yeah, it's just a bit like this podcast where, you know, you and I are in the car. I've always got Jane in the car with me. Oh, that's cute. I'm going on a bit, but I'm I'm going to keep going. There was one. (laughs) (laughs) Do it, do it. You got the guest slot. I'm having a little moment. It's all about me. Um, the other week you mentioned putting a sentence in the spotlight. So I've just picked. There was just one sentence, and it's not it's not long. It's not. it's not super complex, but I thought it did a great job. Its purpose was great. So in the ice children, these children keep um, becoming frozen and they have to figure out what what's going on. Mm. So another child had been found frozen on a pedestal and the mother had discovered the child. And here's the sentence. The harrowing sound was a chord of love, loss and fear. Mm. So that... good. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about that word chord, isn't there? And it kind yeah. of reflected mm. everything. Mm. So I did settle upon this book. You've seen my snowy theme. Um Sophie Anderson, I'm sure you've read several of hers. You I love um House with Chicken Legs. Yes. Absolutely amazing. And the way she weaves in uh, the the kind of um folk stories yes um and i thought i'd read you the the first little bit and it's called the snow falls tasha was untangling a baby goat from a bramble patch when the snow began to fall the flakes were tiny at first drifting through the cold still air like flecks of dust Unsure if it was really snow, Tasha placed the baby goat, who was called Ferdinand, down on a patch of grass. She slipped off one of her warm mittens, which were embroidered with woodland animals round the cuffs. Then she held out her hand. Glittering crystals landed on her skin so softly she barely felt them, then disappeared instantly as if soaking into her. It's snowing. Tasha whispered, delight bubbling up inside her. Tasha had always dreamed of seeing snow. It's snowing, she shouted louder, turning to the small stone farmhouse, the other side of the goat paddock. The living room curtains were half drawn. Smoke curled sleepily from the chimney. Tasha put her hand over her mouth. She shouldn't have shouted. Grandpa was most likely dozing in front of the fire, and he needed his rest. And Mama and Papa would be busy, chopping wood or cutting hay or packing turnips into straw. Tasha and her parents had moved to Grandpa's farm three months ago because he was struggling to manage it alone. And there were a thousand jobs to do to get it ready for winter. So shouting that it was snowing would not be helpful. Tasha turned away from the farmhouse and looked at the view all around. The mountains that cradled the patchwork valley were veiled by a cloud of falling snow and the scattered handful of farmhouses that nestled among the fields were twinkling in the soft new light. 
Grandpa's valley was always quiet, but a deeper hush fell as the flakes grew larger. Within moments, they were as big as the letters in Mama's old nature books that Tasha read by lamplight in the long, dark nights. Then they were as big as the giant peppercorns that Grandpa ground into his honey tea to help with his winter cough. Soon, they were as big as the dried berries that Papa mixed into their porridge every morning to remind them of the warmth and colour of spring. Right now, surrounded by the gently falling snow, Tasha wasn't thinking of spring though. Already the snow had given everything a bright sparkling sheen like a cake dusted with icing sugar. Tasha laughed at the beauty of it and her voice sounded too loud in the silence. She slid off her other mitten and spun round, arms outstretched, fingertips spread wide. Then she stopped and lifted her face to the sky to watch the flakes fall upon her. They were huge and feathery now and left cold, damp patches where they landed on her skin and made her long, dark plait glisten with icy wet beads that shone like stars. Tasha closed her eyes and opened her mouth to feel the snowflakes kiss, kiss her eyelashes and melt on her tongue. Snow. It was more wonderful than Tasha had ever imagined. Oh, utterly stunning. Wow. So, so good. I mean, oh, patchwork valley, glittering crystals. Love that. And uh, I just think if you can get a, a scene so vivid and evocative like that uh, and show the children that writing, I mean, that would just be a great model, wouldn't it? For like, that is winter done well. Can you do summer? Can you do spring? Can you do autumn? You know, and use it as a wire frame to uh, bring another yeah. season to life. Oh, it's great. Love that. It's gorgeous as well. Mm. I was just thinking about like ECTs who this week may well have experienced their first snow yes. outside when yes. the children are probably less articulate than uh, the wonderful Sophie and just going, it's snowing! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it's great. Uh, the only bit I don't like in that is the woolen mittens. I cannot bear that texture. It freaks me out. You know, why did you buy we me woolen mittens then? Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want them myself. I just sent them off to you. Oh my I'm getting God. worried now that, that maybe you were trying to send another message, not a message of love. <laughs> woolen mittens. Oh, and uh, yeah, have you got any textures that you can't stand? Um. No, no, not textures, but kind of noise. Like I'm, um, it goes right through me, like a squeak of a tooth, or yeah. you know, the fork on the plate, or just people yeah, yeah. eating. Yeah, I don't yeah. like those noises. No, no, well, that's hard in a marriage, isn't it? Watching the meat. I've got to say, <laughs> so um, go and sit on that couch. <laughs> Maybe that's what you should say to me at half past ten at night when I want to do my intense brain download. Jane says yeah. it's okay to have a cloud. I'm just downloading it. <laughs> oh, God. What are you uh, going to read to me, Jane? Well, you know, it is, uh, it, it's, um, I decided 
I, 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 I'm getting to know what you're going to do. I didn't think snow, but I, I knew you weren't going to do poetry. So yeah. um, that's what I went for. And then, you know, I don't know, touches, smells, sounds. It, it just reminded me there of Carl Lagerfeld's quote about the smell of a freshly printed book. It's the best smell in the world. Well, oh. mine is a bit different from snow and... Um, and uh, there is themes emerging in what we like to talk about. And uh, I do want to talk about uh, men again. And I want to talk about <laughs> boys. And I actually uh, love this poem. And uh, you you have introduced me, of course, to uh, Matt Pinkett, who wrote Boys uh, Do Cry, who gives us a roadmap uh, to ensure that we challenge toxic behaviours mm-hmm. uh, and that we also don't humiliate uh, boys and their thinking and where they are. And then I just think this poem is really important that we read this uh, to our Key Stage 2 boys. And it's by uh, Donna Ashworth, and it's in this book called Hello. Here it is. Ah, oh, that's it. That's the joy poem I read last week. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Another yeah. shout-out for Donna. Let's hear it. Yeah. So, man up. The world can be tough for a boy who's not rough. There's much pressure to man up and fight. And the boys who shout loud seem so very proud to preach that this macho is right. And since boys may not talk in the way that they ought, it's a lonely old life for the gentle. They hide their sweet thoughts, their tears can't be caught, lest they're branded as too sentimental. But I wish those boys knew that their heart will push through. There's no way to extinguish that beauty. Being tough's not a goal. Letting love in your soul should be more than considered a duty. I will raise gentle boys who can use their heart voice. I will praise every tear and emotion. Let the gentle boys rise. Let the world have fresh eyes. Let man up be no longer the notion i love that really really good book really good book um and actually um written for adults but i just feel it's got so much accessibility um for primary age pupils yeah yeah i think that's a great poem thank you for sharing that jane um, yeah, I, f- I feel quite strongly about the sentiments of that poem as you do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we wrap you in glittering crystals of, um, <laughs> and um, and remind us all that uh, we need to navigate uh, away in the world so that our boys can be soft and gentle as snow. Yeah, it's a bit uh, cheesy, wasn't it? But you know, I was trying to trying to s- <laughs> summarise it. All. <laughs> you should have just gone with it, Jane. I was, I was I with you. I like a bit of cheese. Like, like a bit of cheese and a snort for good measure in the end there. But anyway, it's the end of the show, and it's big love from Heather and heartbursts from Jane. See you next week. Bye. See you, Amy. <laughs>